the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Boy, oh boy, we're in for a treat today. We have Alessandra L. De Romano, who is an awesome uh, person who's just doing some amazing work in the Bay Area. She is the founder of Standing Together Against Real Slavery, STARS. It's a victim services organization based in Toledo, Ohio. But again, I said she's been in the Bay Area doing some amazing uh, work. And, 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 And one of the things that I'm so excited about today is... Um, Elle has lived an extraordinary life, overcoming many obstacles um, where she herself was exploited. Um, and also her her mother also experienced the same thing um, there in Detroit, Michigan, which actually some amazing things are going on in Detroit, which we'll talk about later. But uh, Elle was, you know, f- placed into foster care. Elle has experienced um, years of abuse and um, and and really just has really has this lived experience that she's bringing to uh, this discussion and and using it to educate the community about how to reach out to survivors that are in our communities. And so I am uh, super excited to uh, welcome you, Elle, to the show um, and uh, learn more about what you're doing as you make such an impact on so many. Welcome to the show, Elle. Well, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Uh, excellent. So, 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 tell me, Elle. So, I see here you've had this horrific experience, you know, with your father um, who exploited your mom and other women and girls, and uh, eventually um, murdered two men. I mean, just some horrific things that happened through your parents, and I'm sure you know their parents also had some experiences, and those had an impact on you. Um, tell us how, you know, you decided to go from being a victim to a victor and taking on this issue, uh, as, a, as a, as a founder of standing together against real slavery and, and, and advocating for others that have been through so much. Well, Vanessa, um, first of all, let me correct you. Um, my father never exploited any underage girls. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is this is um from your Huffington Post. So we got to correct them. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. Yeah, he never exploited any underage girl, but but my father was a pimp. Okay. My mother was one of his women. My mother was his bottom woman, and that is true. Okay. Um, and he uh he did go to prison for killing two men because they called my mother a bitch. Um, excuse my language, but. So he, he killed too many, he ended up going to prison, and I was placed in the foster care system. Um, the very first day I was placed in the foster care system, I was sodomized and raped by the father and the son. Um, 
so you take me out of a, a place where I'm supposed to be safe, where you, you say this isn't safe, so you put me in a place that this happens to me, but this never happened to me before. Then I ended up being locked up for five years, and I was also sexually abused in another place where the state puts me, says I'm the bad person, and I need to be helped. So they put me in a place supposed to be for my safety, but once again, I'm sexually abused in there. Um, but I was also taken as a child from 11 to 12 years old, and I was pimped all over the United States. So the passion that I have for what I do is what I live. Mm. All the passion that goes into what I do is things that I have lived through, things that I have conquered, things that I am going to do to save these young girls, these women, these boys, these men, save their lives by right here. You know, I was looking at an article the other day and I was just looking for it. I'll share it with the listening audience here in just a second. But there was a worker. It was a foster care worker that was actually exploiting recently, just recently uh, convicted, was actually exploiting children on her caseload. And, you know, as I looked at that, <clears throat> and you just, we're just seeing it over and over again. We're seeing it everywhere we turn, businessmen and women, pastors, you name it, caretakers, social workers, police officers, taking advantage of the most vulnerable in our communities. What's up with that? Well, what's up with it is because they just don't care. You know, they're just pedophiles. They're just out here to hurt people and to make a game. And it's so funny that you say something about pastors because um, there was just a, there were three pastors in Toledo, Ohio. Pastor Cordell Jenkins. He's no longer a pastor. Cordell Jenkins, Anthony Haynes, and I can't remember the, the other one just off the top of yep, my head. Yep, but, but I saw Cordell it. Jenkins was, mm-hmm. was huge in Toledo as a pastor. Bishop Marvin Winans was his bishop. You know, wow. so that shows you how big he was. He just was sentenced to life. Right. And I went up against him. The minute he got arrested, I have a big mouth. So the news knew already to call me and say, hey, L, what you got to say on this? As I'm coming out of the federal court hearing on his first arraignment, of course I'm talking, you know. And at that time I had um, just was getting a contract with Children's Service Board. They took my contract mm. because his wife at that time sat on the board. Mm. And she was Lucas County Administrator. Wow. Okay, yeah, of course we know she's not anymore. She got sentenced to four years because she said she didn't know what happened. These people are out here lying, but they're they're hurting our children, but they're putting positions to where they're supposed to help. Right. And then nobody wants to go against them. Ooh, I'm not going to go against that person. Well, I'm the one that'll go against that person. Right. I don't care who you are. If I feel that you're doing something to hurt a to hurt a child. Yeah, so 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 there's there one of the things that I've observed because we have such an anorexic system in terms of supporting um, children like yourself. I too was in foster care, not as long as you were, and I didn't I, I didn't end up getting locked up. But I I I understand that you know this experience of just being just the abandonment from going through that, and then you are abused while you're in there. And then when you're taken out of those situations, you're brought into other systems where you're abused, just gets to a place where it's like, where are the checks and balances? Where's the accountability? And I think we need to really rethink some of the systems that we have in place unless we have, you know, internal affairs, so to speak, that's there to be a watchdog over those systems and make sure that they're working as they should. Um, so we're, we, you know, w- one of the things I saw in the news as well, L, recently is that Detroit just received a federal grant to hire 15 uh, dedicated officers as part of a task force. Were you involved in that at all? No, I wasn't involved in that, but I'm aware of that. Yeah. I'm involved with the um, Toledo task force, the FBI task force. Okay. Yeah, I was pretty I, um, excited to see that, you know, that there was 15 officers because I know, for example, in the city of Oakland, it's been it's been a while since I've been uh, I looked at their org chart. But I think it was two or three people where exploitation is rampant. Right. Oh, two or three people dedicated to the task force. Fifteen in Detroit. 
What do you think of that? Well, I think it's awesome. I think they need 30. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I think Open needs 15 to 30. I think I think it's awesome any time that I see a change. Because yeah. when this happened to me, um, from 11 to 12 and a half years old, even after I was rescued, there still wasn't nothing going on. But do I see a change? I used to tell people, this is don't come to me and say, this is a movement. No, this isn't a movement. This is a non-movie movement. Yeah. Because ain't nothing moving. Right. So, But I do see tiny things right now being moved where people are trying to understand and trying to get the logistic of what's going on, where they're listening to survivors, they're listening to what survivors have to say. We don't have the we don't have a cure. We don't have everything, but we are a stepping stone to get to the other people. We're a stepping stone to show them that they can change, that there is hope. And then we say, hey, I trust this psychiatrist. I trust this mental health person. I trust this person. You need to go talk to them because I can only take you so far. Gotcha. But if the professionals get, don't give us the chance to do that, mm-hmm. then the system is going to continue going gotcha. on the way that it goes on, as far as I'm concerned, because that's what I've seen in the last, since I was So little. becoming more survivor-centric, more listening, let the voice determine uh, what what services are needed and um, are working. Okay, we, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to co- come right back. We're going to explore this a little bit more. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash, consolidation, and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Elle, who is a survivor of commercial sexual exploitation, a.k.a. human trafficking, sex trafficking. And uh, we are just talking about uh, Elle is also the founder of Standing Together Against Real Slavery, STARS, which is a victim services organization based in Toledo, Ohio. And she's been traveling all over the Bay Area, uh, educating uh, task force and um, working specifically in Santa Clara um, and uh, at, in the coalition there and through Sharon Denoa and and uh, and we are just so grateful to have you locally here to provide your insight, your passion and your advocacy. And so one of the areas that you have um, been focusing on is street outreach and ways to reach out to survivors that are in the communities where this is happening. And um, and so I, I want to talk about that, you know, what you're doing there. But before I do, I was noticing in your um, in your bio here on Huffington Post, I, you know, as, a, as I mentioned in the last segment, I just pulled down an article about you and yeah. and um, and I understand there's a ton more that's happened since then. But just right here, looking at you, when you were 17, you were released from juvenile detention and you were placed in a Christian foster family in Toledo, yeah. Ohio. And um And it says here that you initially rejected the family's attempt at love, guidance and supervision and returned to the streets. I wanted to talk a little bit about that, because I think um, so, as you know, Love Never Fails has a residential, has a a house, two safe houses. 
We house yeah, 16 women and children. Um, and, you know, we've been doing that for uh, going on five years now in March. It'll be five years. Um, we've housed over 127 women and children. So it's been a huge, uh, just huge blessing to me. And uh, to be able to be a little part of the, you know, restoration of the women that we serve and the children we start, serve. But it's, it, you know, one of the things that is challenging and, I, you know, I'm often contacted by other people who want to open houses and they're like, I want to open a house. It's going to be so awesome, you yeah, know, they and, and they they're like, can you please give me give me your manual and, you know, tell me all the procedures and stuff like that. And. And I always, you know, I used to be somebody who would do that. But now, you know, now that I'm five years into this, I'm very reluctant because it's so hard. It is so hard. I don't think that there is a program that is, you know, harder than providing residential care because that's where the rubber meets the road. It's like you, you know, you might experience exactly what you said, you know, you're you're loving, you're providing guidance, you're providing support, but the person is not ready and it's nothing personal. And you take it per, if you might take it personal as a residential care provider, like, what did I do wrong? Why did they go back? What what didn't I provide? But it's not about that. You know, it's and so so, you know, it's all about the readiness and the choices of the person that's in there. What do you say about that? What do you think about that? And what was your experience when you said, you know, you 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 rejected that? You rejected the love. Well, it's not. I have a I have a Red Man Huffington Post article. Okay, it's another error. It's, oh no! <laughs> no, two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah, never they wrote it. But it's like I, when I rejected their love. Yeah, it's because. I was, I had first got locked up at 13. Right. I rejected them. They came to see me every week. I cut them out. I, I could have swore my head was swirling around like Sybil on Exorcist. I was <laughs> everything to, to make the people leave me alone. Quit coming to see me. <laughs> I don't want to see y'all. Mm-hmm. So this went on for almost three years. I was in solitary confinement the first three years I was incarcerated. And mm. This went on for the whole three years. These people just kept coming back. I'm like, these people must love to be tortured, man. What is wrong with them? So um, finally, because all my life, that's what I knew. Didn't nobody really care about me. They wanted to use me as a means to an end, Mm. except for my family. So eventually going into my fourth year when I was released from solitary confinement, I started listening and believing in them. So then I was allowed to be released to them mm. um, at 17 and a half, almost 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, upon that release, you got to remember, I'm from the street. Right. This is Christian family, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, so it, it was different, you know, when they were wanting me to come in at a decent time. A decent time to me was the next dang old morning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I that know what you're saying. Me. Yeah, so... <laughs> You know, and then what really, really, really had made me say, I got to, I got to leave here is my mother and father had left to go somewhere. Now he's a pastor and my mother, you know, the first, first woman, he's a bishop. Now my mother is a pastor, but, um, my little brother, I think he was like 14. He was like, he was like, Sandra. He's like, come on, let's steal the car and go for a joyride. I'm like, oh, I'm going to hell. I'm corrupting the pastor. <laughs> and that's how I thought in my mind. Wow. So it ended up that I was like, I got to go because I'm not showing them the right thing. And they are looking at me and I'm not teaching them what they need to know. And I, and I felt bad behind that. So yeah. I ended up hitting the streets. And okay. doing things on my own. Gotcha. Um, it was no longer being pimped. It was just prostituting myself for the things that I needed. So gotcha. yeah, that's how that went. And, and so, so just, just so the listening audience can understand, because I often deal with this is that, you know, it, it's really hard to communicate, you know, somebody will say, so how long are people staying in the house? You know, 
and and like the program you just described, um, we're structured. You know, we have curfews, we have things like that, and uh, to protect the safety of everyone that's there, right? Because there's a lot of people that are there that don't want all that coming and going and everything else, right? But but um, but you know that it, it's interesting because people will say. Well, why aren't they staying the whole 18 months? And I'll explain to them one day with us is awesome because they got to eat. They got to take a shower. They got to be loved on. They got to be encouraged. We got to give them some clothes that that's, you know, and the fact that you hear how many years later you still think well of them and know they loved you, man, that that's priceless to me. Oh, they still my mother and dad. I talk to my family all the time. My brothers, sisters, everything. And then, don't misunderstand me. Yeah, the first foster care system, yeah, they, they, did, they did me all terrible. They did things to me. They should be no human being or animal. But I had the bomb, the bomb factor. I mean, the bomb, bomb, bomb foster family when I left them. And I still call them my mother and father. They had nine children of their own. I still call my brother, they still my brothers and sisters. So, you know, I mean, it's it's just not always. It's not all bad, right? Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. But when it comes to us, and as far as um, why did why did we only stay a day? Because maybe we didn't feel we deserved that damn day. Maybe we felt we didn't even deserve that, so we need to go back out here because we didn't deserve to be loved. Because that's what we were groomed. That's what we were taught. So. It's hard for us to let somebody in. So all we know how to do is try to hurt them before they hurt us. Right. It's a survival mode. It's a survival tactic. That's right. That's right. Okay. We're going to take a break. Um, We're going to come back. I want to talk about your organization, what you, you know, what you do, what you're about, how the listening audience can support you. Um, So we're going to take a break. We're going to come right back. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today again with Elle, who is a survivor of commercial sexual exploitation. And she is also the founder of Standing Together Against Real Slavery Stars. And we are so grateful to have you on the show to just talk about your lived experience and also to share with us what you're doing to bring uh, education. Today, actually, you're out in Chico uh, this week educating uh, the police officers uh, through uh, through a, a couple of agencies that you're working with. I am so excited that you're doing that. What are you going to be teaching them about? What's your what's your outline? Well, I um, was a key part of a, a huge um, trafficking bus. Uh, matter of fact, it was the first one in the United States. Um, it was called Innocence Lost Precious Cargo. And there was 177 women and girls that were arrested in this thing, and 77 of them came from Toledo, Ohio, and of those 77, there was 31 underage girls. I was able to get 13 of those girls to testify against the pimps, and there were 33 pimps, and all of the pimps got no less than 40 years. 
So that was very, very powerful wow. nobody else could do it. So um, now I just travel and, you know, train um, law enforcement officers and things. But I'm here with a organization out of California because I'm based out of Toledo. So I'm here with an organization called Runaway Girls that I team with. Um, I'm a part of their team, and um, we do trainings. And so I'm here in Chico um, doing that. That's awesome. Yes, I'm so grateful for uh, the work that you're doing and, you know, the fact that you, number one, uh, you're educating officers, I would imagine, on how to detect that human trafficking is occurring and how to treat survivors when they're encountered. Is that part of your training that you're providing them? Yes. Okay. Definitely that's part of our training. Okay. You know what I mean? And it's just, um, they're eager to learn. You know, you have a whole lot of good police officers that, that are very eager to learn. Yes. And they want you to tell them what they can do because they know that this could be their daughter, their niece. You know, they know that. Yes. And by the way, I so um, I'm very familiar with Carissa from Runaway Girls as well as Tashina, Tashina Maniac, who used to be with another yes. agency that I work yes. with. So I'm super excited that um, they're, you know, still on the scene and supporting you as you come and and deliver this great training to uh, the, the police officers uh, there at Chico and throughout, it sounds like you've been throughout the Bay Area. You're going to be in San Jose later on this week. So super uh, grateful for that. And, and and the fact that you would just be willing to lend your voice. How do you, you know, when you, when you think about, uh, well, I shouldn't even say when you think about, uh, many of the women that are in our homes are excited about going out and doing street outreach with, with us when we go out once a month. And, um, you know, I, I have, you know, had many women come out, many men come out that are survivors and, you know, there's triggers that come up, right. When we, when we go. And so how do you work with that? How do you, you know, how do you keep yourself safe when you're doing street outreach? My people that go out, well, usually I'm going about myself. I travel so much, but anytime I'm in the city of Toledo, I don't care when it is. I uh, from one to four in the morning, I'm on the street yeah. looking out for my, my, my people that are out there and the homeless people. But and when I'm not, they know they can go on my porch and there's things that my son takes out and puts on the porch for them every day that they can get because I'm not there. So, But as far as street outreach, nobody can do street outreach with me that comes out of a, any kind of program unless they have a year or more mm-hmm. behind them clean. And then they are shadowing me doing street outreach at least four times before I even give them a go and if they can continue to go mm. because of the trigger. Yep. You know, and there are going to be triggers. Yeah. Yeah, I've had um, I have had some ladies come with me that, um, you know, they, they didn't know they were being triggered like at the moment, but they were, you know, they saw someone across the street that reminded them of themselves and they just dashed off, you know, and they were just out in the night by themselves, just out there with with a girl across the street. And, you know, and I had to be like, hey, you know. Um, we got to stay together, you know, so let's, we do have a protocol when we go out, we have certain people that are on point for, you know, looking out other people that are on point for, um, for speaking, right. The main people that are going to be doing the speaking. And, um, and then we also are, we're we're a praying group. So we we will be, we'll offer prayer. And if they want it, that's great. If they don't, it's fine. And, um, and then we offer resources. So some people are carrying bags and, and, you know, of, of food and, you know, little little like bars or a little tiny bottle of water or something like that. And that's kind of how we go. But we always have to stay together. But when those triggers come up, it, it really is hard because, um, first of all, we have to shift away from the street, the outreach now to caring for the, the purpose of uh, the person that we're right. with. You know, obviously, that would be the right thing to do. So. Anyway, I just was curious if you had some protocol. So that's that's interesting. So one year yeah, and then do. go out four times with you. Got you. Right. But we also have other protocol. I mean, I, I have a curriculum for um, street outreach. I, I, that's one of my most expertise. I travel all over the United States and train people on street outreach. And, um, and it, because I can't just sit down and explain to you how to do street outreach. No, you got to go it. and look. People huh? say they can, but yeah. I ain't the one because for me, 
No, I have to at least go with you. And and, and it, to me, it's more than just one time. You right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when I train it, I try to come out and, and stay at least for like two or three days. You know what I'm saying? Because I want you to, when I walk away, I, Vanessa, I want you to say, hey, I should have been had her out here because I feel like this is the bomb. Right. I truly understand something. I can't train you. I can't. And it's not about training. It's educating. It's about walking the walk together so that that you actually are seeing it. And I can't do that sitting in the classroom. I agree. And I just can't do it. Yeah. What we do is we do an hour of training before we go out. That's what we do, like okay. on the night of, because there's, like you said, there's no, there's no training you and then just kind of being academic and just philo- philosophizing about it. It was like, yes. we're going to just, we're just going to do it. And, yes, and in eight years we've been doing it. We've, we've reached out to 300 or so women, men, children over the, you know, per year uh, mm-hmm. over the last, you know, eight years. And we've never had anybody get hurt, you know, thank God or anything like that. Have you ever had any experiences like, you know, that were, frightening or dangerous that have come up for you guys? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going into the heart. Yeah. I mean, I'm going right into the drug dealers. I'm going into the trap house. I yeah. mean, I'm, I mean, because my my um, outreach, um, when I have my warriors, we, we, we are survivors. Yes. We're, we're from a different context. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and um, Toledo, because that's where I'm based, Everybody and their mama know me. Right. They see me coming. Uh-oh, here she like, comes. Here comes Captain. Here she comes. No, they say here comes Captain Saver. Captain Saver. Uh-huh. <laughs> For real. I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's different. But yeah. I have trained people where, um, like, I went to Homewood and I did a 10-week training. Went back there every weekend. And now, Homewood was, was the worst. It's the worst, you know, um, poverty-stricken area in um, Pittsburgh. They now have three drop-in centers and two consignment um, thrift stores in Homewood. So differences and changes can be made. And this started with women out of the suburbs that wanted to do this, all white women. And still to this day, it's just all white women in a predominantly all-black neighborhood. And they have become families. So it can happen. It can happen. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, the... uh some of the ones that are the most committed um, didn't come and, and, and down for it, you know, are didn't come from it. So I, it's possible, but you know, you yes, have to ma'am. be called to it. You know, that's, that's yes, my belief. Ma'am. You got to be called to it. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Cause I want to, I want to hear from you. Like, what are you seeing? I want to, when we come back, we're going to talk about what you're seeing. What do you want the listening audience to know uh, in this, in, in this season? And especially in um, the Bay area, in Toledo, what is it that is um, something that needs a little bit more focus? So we're going to come right back And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. 
And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Elle, who is the founder of STARS. And we are talking about her experience as a survivor of human trafficking, but also as an advocate and leader in the anti-human trafficking movements. And as you said, you know, we call it a movement, but there's some things that aren't quite moving. So I wanted to give you a moment, Elle, to just challenge us, challenge us. What is it that's top of mind for you that needs to be looked at, that needs to be revisited, where we do need movement? What, what, are, you, what are you seeing or what, what's, what's really on your heart? Well, I'm the wrong person to ask that, but since you asked, don't go You shouldn't open that door. Yeah, no, I want to know. I want to know. No, I really just, I really feel that there needs to be a whole lot more survivor voice. Mm. And that people honestly really need to say, okay, I have a PhD and I have, and I say, people get offended, they have alphabetical letters behind their name and they worked hard to get those PhDs and stuff. But we have those alphabetical letters too, S-O-H-T, Survivor of Human Trafficking. Mm -hmm. And we never ask for that. Right. But but that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So listen to our voice. Listen to us trying to help you so that we together, I can't do it alone. Can't nobody else do it alone. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a family. It takes a circle of people to help these people and save these people. Mm-hmm. But give us the chance to show you how you might do it a little bit better, and let's work side by side together. Don't think you're better than me because you're not. Mm-hmm. And I'm not better than you. So it's very important to work together. And don't let your head get so big that you think you can do it by yourself. Yeah. Once you decide you can do it by yourself, then there's nothing that's going to stop you. And you're not going to listen to nothing anybody says. And I've I've been doing this 15 years. Yeah. I still believe we all need to come together because divided we fall. That's right. So let's talk a little bit about that. So there are... So one one of our board members is Nola Brantley. She's one of our advisory board members. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's the founder of Nola Brantley Speaks and also the co-founder of Missy. And she's also a survivor leader. And she shared with me a couple years ago that, you know, Missy is a program where most of the people who work there are survivors. And he shared with me that there is a you know, kind of like uh, she's learned it over time, kind of the format for combining people who are not survivors with people who are, you know, that that formula so that there is survivor voice. But also there are some things that come to bear. You know, like you said, I don't have a Ph.D. I'm not a doctor. So I get to bring a doctor in who has some academic experience and complement what I have. Right. My lived experience. And together, we're so powerful. What do you think that combination looks like? I believe it looks like just what I just said. Yeah. Just really what you just said. The combination looks like the survivor in the middle and a wraparound around them, whoever the survivor is. Because a mental health person ain't going to help this person alone. A drug counselor ain't going to help this person alone. A social worker, a CSB worker, not one person is going to help this person. So collectively, we all have to surround this person, and we all have to be on the same page. Yeah, yeah. To help this person. Yeah. One can't be saying something different to this person, and then the other saying something different, or the other coming in talking about the other person. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, it just needs to be all together to save this person. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the time, I think the thing is to slow down enough to ask for input, to ask for be humble. Right. Ask, am I doing this the right way? One thing I've experienced along the line, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but when you have a lived experience, you don't. Well, at least for me, I don't know you. Maybe you have a really strong network financially, but my personal network is not that strong financially. My family doesn't come from money. We're not sitting around on a bunch of cash, you know. And so when there have been difficulties in my life, you know, some of my challenges have come from not having that soft place to land. And I've been able to lean on other people who do have those kind of resources and that kind of support that can help me personally navigate 
through some of my challenges. So it's really providing that personal support towards, you know, like I'm trying to achieve this goal. I'm trying to purchase this van for the house. I'm trying to take the ladies in the house on a special trip. I'm not calling on my own family members to fund that. I'm calling on maybe a person that's part of this network that has come alongside. Those are some really tangible ways that people can support clearly with prayer. It doesn't matter, you know, where you're coming from, you can support with prayer clearly with different strategies, you know, having that clinical insight, right, that you learn from going to school. There's some that's some complimentary, but it doesn't like you said, it's not any more valuable than the lesson that you provided. And I think that's the humbling part that we need. We need and the to best understand. Part about their PhD and their degree is they weren't abused to get it. Right. Yeah, that's right. It's all. You know, it's a right. price that was paid. You know. For us, but for, they they could have paid a price of, for getting what they got too. I don't take anything from anybody. Mm-hmm. But yes. Um. And not and nobody's pain is nobody's. Everybody's pain is the difference, and I respect everybody's pain. Just because I was trafficked doesn't mean that the person who got beat every day is any different. Their pain is their pain. My pain is my pain. Yeah. When I'm out here, I have so much that has went on in my life. I fight for so many different causes and it's all together because it all started in one place and developed. A a trafficking survivor has obviously 99% of the time been through a whole lot of all of these domestic violence and addictions, the mental, they've been through it all where sometimes one person only had an addiction. That was it. Yeah. Right. We, we have ours is the wraparound. Yeah. And see, and that's the part, too. You know, like I had one young lady say to me she was trafficked for, I think, like two months. And she said, you know, I don't even feel like I have the right to say I was trafficked for two months because, like, the people that are saying they're survivors, you know, they lived that for years, you know. And she felt ashamed to even say she was a survivor at times. Because of that, another woman was only trafficked one time. She was fine with saying I was trafficked because that one time traumatized her just the same. She so everybody has their, you know, their way they internalize it and they feel about it, and that should be honored. You know. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. So, survivor voice. Anything else? I forgot the question. Top of mind. What's top of mind? What's bothering you? What's on your mind? We're going to take a break here in about two minutes, but just, you know, what else? Is there anything oh, else that, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that we we just need to listen more. We just need to, when it comes to not knowing, putting your pride to the side and saying, hey, maybe I do need this girl to come out here and show me how to do street outreach. So what I've been doing it for five years, maybe she can help me a little bit more. Or, hey, Maybe I need this girl to come train my staff. So what? I've trained them for years. She might have something different. She might have a different kind of way. When I did my keynote, I got a standing ovation. People cried during some of my stuff yeah. because they could not even imagine the what way I mean? said it. So it's different. People have different things to bring to an organization. So just because this might be the time that, boom, all the light bulbs go off. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So just have an open mind in anything that a person does as a nonprofit or for-profit that a survivor might be able to bring to the table. Well, let me tell you, you're going to definitely be getting a call for me to come and speak <laughs> at one of our events. That's for sure. Uh-huh. So let's put a little, put it right there, a little boop, because it's going to happen. And, and Lord willing, and, you know, I just so appreciate your, you know, your realness and your commitment and your resilience. I just salute you and what the work that you're doing and to educate officers and just whoever is willing to listen, let them hear. So I appreciate that. And is there a website where people can request you as a speaker or, you know, your training? I'm really in the midst of redoing my website. My website is starpolito.org, but it's going to be changing. So they can go to my stars page and request, and they can also Google. I mean, not Google. They can also go on my name on Facebook. I'm just in the midst of redoing everything. 
Okay. All right. Well, then that's excellent. So there you have it. And people will be directed there. And if you can't find her, just reach out to me and I'll connect you guys. Okay. We're going to take a break. Come back with events that are going on in the community. Thank you so much for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Again, uh, we just thank you so much, Elle, for being on the show with us. Um, we wow. just, we're so grateful for you and uh, just pray a blessing over you. And um, I wanted to make sure that people know that you're going to be speaking in Stam- at Stanford again in April. Is that right? Yes, I spoke there um, this past week. I'm, I'm doing a speaking tour. It started a week ago. It ends in a week, so it was in two weeks. So I will be Speaking back at Stafford sometime in April during Domestic Violence Month. Excellent. That is wonderful. Okay, so we'll we'll be looking out for that. And uh, if I can, uh, if you send me the information, I'll post it on our page so that people know how to come and see and support. A couple other events you have going on as well? Well, I'm just, I'm, I travel. People call me and I pick up and go just like that. Mm-hmm. It's like not on my calendar and I'm not busy. They need me, and they want me to come speak. You know, I'm doing it, you know, and we can come to agreement on, you know, what we're going to do. Um, so people can also um, reach me um, through my email. Okay. Um, so that is E-L-S-S-O-N-21 at gmail.com. And I'm always looking at that, like always. So um, I... We'll be back, like I said, in April. I might be back before that, um, and I'll let you know so they can, so you can update or I can you know, post let it. Everybody, yeah, I'll let everyone know. You know. That'd be good. Yeah, Excellent. let everybody else know. But like I said, the next things I'm doing are going to be in Jackson, Mississippi, um, January the 27th, and then after that, I will be in uh, Pittsburgh on uh, March the 2nd through the 7th. Pittsburgh, so, Pennsylvania, or California. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. All right. That's my hometown. All right. Yay. Awesome. Okay. Well, so we got some different places for all of all of my family members that are listening to PA. You can go and check her out um, there. So uh, check that out on and send her an email if you want more information. Other events that are going on in, in the community. We are doing a street outreach on February 21st. In Stockton, um, we're starting that at seven o'clock. So if you want to join us, uh, reach out uh, on our website, which is loveneverfailsus.com forward slash e, uh, join us. And you'll there's an event section you can register for our street outreach there. Also want to uh, invite you to join us on uh, our gala. So we have a gala. Uh, it's called Mardi Gras celebrating the journey to freedom for survivors of human trafficking. It's a celebration. We're super excited. We're kind of shifting our focus away from the traumatic to the celebratory because we have seen so many exciting things happening with our survivors working at Cisco and different tech companies and becoming nurses and real estate agents and and just making sure that 
that we celebrate those accomplishments. And so we're excited about that. Come on out. It is February the 29th, 6 to 10 p.m. at Blackhawk Country Club in Danville. Uh, we are going to have dancing, singing, heartfelt words from survivor leaders, comedy from Dennis Gaxiola, and dancing to your favorite top 40 tunes by the Red Velvet Hammer Band, as well as a keynote speech from Cisco Vice President Laura Quintana, uh, Cisco Systems Vice President. And so the early bird tickets are going to expire on the 31st of January, so you want to go ahead and grab those while you can, $85.00. They're going up to 110 on the 31st, or you can purchase a table at 800, goes up to 950, and there's also um, sponsorship opportunities. Uh, this is going to be a big event. We've already sold a bunch of tables, so make sure you get on, in on that, and you can you can go to Eventbrite to find that, or I'm um, sorry, Flip Cause on our website, which is uh, again under the events page, and you can register there. Also, I'll be speaking at the Bass Conference on March the 6th through the 9th uh, in Castro Valley, so take a look on the website there. I'll be speaking at Women of Silicon Valley on May 4th through the 5th. And lastly, um, we do have our community prayer every first Sunday of the month. Uh, that's at 430 in Hayward at our, our store. And then lastly, lastly, uh, we are going to have our ICAP, which is Introduction to Cybersecurity and Programming, our workshop uh, from 12 to 5 on Gish Road in San Jose on March the 28th. And um, we are it's going to be at the Kingdom Training Center there Um, again on the website. It is a free workshop. We're giving away business attire. We're giving away business supplies and we're teaching you to code a video game in Python. So um, we want to make sure that survivors of human trafficking are able to gain access to careers in IT. And we are excited about offering a free opportunity to do that. Um, and so please join us. Uh, and also don't forget about our community store, which is in Hayward at 22580 Grand Street. It's open from 12 to 5 p.m. on Monday through Friday. Um, and come say hi to our new uh, sales lead, uh, Natasha. You can come and visit her. And um, of course, I also wanted to mention that we now have a f- official presence in, in Contra Costa County at the Family Justice Center. So you can come visit with us there. We're so grateful for all the things that are going on in the community grateful for all of you who are listening and we look forward to seeing you at our gala and of course if you haven't heard it before or you need to hear it again we want to make sure that you know that you are loved thanks for joining us this week on love never fails radio we trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance.